Hi, my name is Janice Kyle, and I live here in the wonderful community of Peterborough, Ontario. And I've been here about three and a half years um, and moved here to look for farmland, which I have now found, um, a beautiful 97 acres um, east of Campbellford in Northumberland County. And, um, and I'm also planning to um, build a sustainable feminist um, house next year in 2019, which is called Active Women Building a Passive House that has morphed into something huge and, um, and attracting a lot of attention. So um, that's, that's where it started and, um, and that's where we're at right now. Nice. And, and this Passive House is why I invited you here today to talk about it. Um, also the fact that it's going to be a female-only or female-led construction crew. Uh, can you tell me a bit about that and like why that was important for you? Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a, um, an all-women um, construction project, and this is to promote women in the construction sector, um, but also to talk about the elephant in the room, you know, in what is actually happening in the construction sector. And that is, you know, presently we probably only have about 2% of women in Canada um, that are part of the construction sector. And one of the major reasons... Um, I've been told um, why women are not staying in that sector, even though there's a lot of women going through trades and technology programs um, in this province and across Canada, is because of the workplace harassment, um, either sexual violence, um, you know, discrimination on the job site, um, women just basically saying, I don't need to put up with this, and they're leaving. So we need to actually create a safe place for women to build up those skill sets um, so that we can get women in the construction sector up to about the 30% level that the UN has declared is kind of the threshold for people really kind of making it in that sector. And we're a long way away from that. And so I always tell people, you know, Active Women Building a Passive House is a project that I want to see redundant as quickly as possible. Um, that we will have no need for it, um, you know, to have something particularly for women. Um, and also that we're not going to have to really talk about passive housing or zero carbon housing anymore. It's just going to be part of the building code and it's going to be standard, you know, in this country. But we're not anywhere near that point. Um, the reason that I personally decided that I wanted to go with the feminist project is A, because I am a very ardent and passionate feminist. Um, and at the same time, as I was making the decision that I would have to build something new in the future and was saving up money for that, um, I was going through a trauma therapy program at Women's College Hospital in Toronto. And I'm an incest survivor. And, um, and went through a tremendous amount um, in my life as well as workplace harassment. And I knew that as I was kind of developing my sense of myself as a survivor, that I really did not want guys going into any building that I was going to build and be demeaning or violate my space or violate me in any way. Um, and I just heard too many stories about that. And I just thought, I just can't allow that to happen. And, um, and these are the questions that we really want to talk about, you know, 
with this project as well. So it's not just the product, it's not just building, you know, a passive house plus. So it's going to be on a microgrid. It's going to be the first D totally DC powered house in Canada. Um, as far as I know, um, it's not just the product, it's the process. Like, how do we get there? Um, and that's something that is just as important to look at. Right. And and we're talking um, just in the midst or like just at the tail end of, you know, the Me Too movement mm -hmm. um, coming to, to massive popularity. How do you see this project as contributing to um, a larger conversation about women in male-dominated spaces? Um, well, just to say, I mean, I've been working on this project for seven years. So like way before, you know, kind of Me Too and Time's Up, you know, came um, into the media spotlight. And I, it, it is so time, you know, that we, that we actually talk about these, about these issues. And especially when it comes to sectors, as you've mentioned, you know, such as the construction sector, others that are very male dominated and have always been so. Um, I think it's absolutely essential. Um, and I know that there probably will be pushback, but I think that they're from the people within the sector. But I think the response from women is speaking volumes, right? That we, we need, you know, we need to have much greater female representation in these sectors. And, um, and the, the goal is not just to do this one house where I am the client and therefore I'm specifying who I want to have on the job site and I'm saying I want all women to be involved. Um, the, the goal for the second stage after this training module on this land is to have all women crews across Canada to build affordable housing for women and children. And this I think is part of the Me Too and Time's Up movement as well. That for all of us who have gone through, you know, sexual harassment, workplace harassment, sexual abuse as children and so on, usually our incomes are less, you know, because a lot of us are on long-term disability or just simply knowing the, you know, the, um, the income gap disparity in Canada. Women don't make as much, you know, as men do. Um, and if you basically are your own project manager, and you know, for example, the details of passive housing and have women educate other women and to be able to, you know, help with your own design, you can, you can basically, you know, save at least 30% um, and more on your housing costs. And that means that women can actually live in good, affordable, healthy, sustainable housing and be empowered themselves which I think is a big part of the Me Too movement. Right. So so you're saying doing some of this work yourself, you can save a lot of money, which mm -hmm. makes up for the pay gap between men and women. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also want to get into um, some of the details of the Passive House. Why did, why did the Passive House appeal to you? Well, Passive Housing, or in German they call them Passivhäuser, basically it is a building that is super insulated, has a heat recovery ventilator that will be able to recoup like 98% of the heat before it gets sent outside. Um, and the popular maxim is that you can basically heat a passive house with a hairdryer and keep it at 20 degrees Celsius all year long. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And that's basically why it's called passive because it doesn't really, it doesn't need an active heating system mm -hmm. to keep it at that level of thermal comfort. Okay. 
And, and the land you bought now, you're you're setting up this passive house so that it can run on a microgrid. What what what's the goal there, and what is a microgrid? So um, there, there there's a big move to get buildings um, less dependent on our regular grid system, which you know as we know in Ontario is getting you know outdated. It basically is very inefficient. You lose a lot of um, a lot of power in terms of the transmission between the grid and the buildings. Um, when you have a microgrid, that means that you are basically not using alternating current, which is the, the regular electrical current that we use now, um, that basically you're using direct current. So if you look at, for example, your laptop, so I have an Apple, and, um, and when I look at my cord, I have that little box you know, on the end of it, which is probably the, the heaviest thing on your cord. Right. Well, basically what that does is it takes AC power from the grid and it turns it into DC, which is what laptops and LED lights and so many things that you have in your home already run on DC current, which is much more efficient than AC um, in terms of that you don't have those transmission losses. So if you look at solar panels, and, um, and all of those, those batteries run on DC power. So it means everything is going to be just simply without any transmission losses, which means you're saving 30% right there. Hmm. So hopefully this might be the standard um, or the, the first one in Canada. There's only one in Detroit in the United States. So it'd be great if maybe we could have this as kind of a model test case for how we could actually um, have a new way of delivering electricity. Cool. That was a wonderfully accessible explanation of AC and DC. That's, <laughs> I can hear your teaching background coming through. I can also hear that you understand this stuff mm, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a bit about the research and the work that you've done to, to get to this point where you understand all of the technical mm-hmm. th- things so well to make this passive house? Well, I guess if, if I... I have, you know, I have four university degrees, but if I were to go and do it again, I probably would love to be an architect and probably an engineer. Um, but unfortunately, growing up, um, I just wasn't given the empowerment as a trauma survivor that I would be able to do anything like that, you mm-hmm. know, all those years ago. But I still have it in me. You know, I have this tremendous interest in, um, in all of this information. And so I thought rather than pay someone to do this money that I don't have, um, I thought, I'm just going to learn it myself. And so I have spent the last few years um, learning this information, doing a lot of research, and being able to kind of, and this is where it is good to be an educator, because I've learned how to translate these concepts, these very difficult concepts, you know, um, building physics formulas and so on, into a way that I can actually access that information. And, um, and so I have, you know, created this book um, to be able to help me do that with all of this information in it. And I have to say, and I'm saying this in all humility, but with great excitement, I actually understand this now. And that's what's kind of frightening, but I actually understand it. It's really cool. And, um, <laughs> and it is, and in doing that, and in understanding that, I thought, what has come to me in in the last year is that there has to be a role to be able to educate other women for free, you know, because I know 
I don't have the money to be able to go out and have someone teach me, and I have been able to learn this on my own, um, that I would really love to share this information. And so this is something that I'm thinking kind of has to be part of this of this project, you know, and going forward, this kind of um, almost open source education piece so that we can educate other women um, so that people don't have to rely they don't have to rely on men and defer to them as the experts because, you know, automatically people, and I'm talking about people that are really big feminists, when it comes to anything to do with construction or renovation of their house or whatever, people automatically think, oh, I've got to hire him or this crew that's been, you know, doing it, you know, for the last number of years. And, um, and I really want to provide an opportunity for women to say, no, I have another option, right? I can hire her, you know, yeah. and um, or I can learn how to, you know, kind of do most of this kind of basic research myself. And I think that is so, so important because I want to prove that you can build a passive house affordably in Canada, that you don't have to have a lot of money, um, that you don't have to, you know, put out you know, a huge expenditure um, of your savings to be able to build a house to the highest sustainable standard in the world. And I'm going to prove that because I only have the money that I've saved up. And so thus, it's going to be done that limit. And from the cost projections that I've done so far, I think it can, it can happen. And, um, and I think that in of itself is a, really, is a really big step because we need to make affordable housing sustainable and we need to make it accessible for all Canadians because affordable housing is a huge problem. I faced it myself living in Toronto that I was transitionally housed and had to move 25 times in 10 months because I just couldn't afford to live there any longer. And um, so I, I know the issue myself from lived experience and we need to do something about it in this country. But if we're going to actually meet our climate change targets, which the federal government and provincial government have agreed to, then we need to do it sustainably. And that means we need a huge transformation in how we do things in the housing sector. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to transform the sector, let's do it with women at the forefront. And for me, that's a winning combination and it's time. We're ready. Yeah. Well, uh, I just want to wrap up, but... Um when will your project be starting and how can people get in touch to get involved? Okay, so the um, the project's going to be taking place um, late spring, early summer of 2019. Okay. Um, as I said, I am presently working on the website. Um, so I would say that if people, um, just to kind of keep checking in, that hopefully the website will be up by by the summer of this year for sure and be able to go on and um, and we'll have lots of opportunities for you to contact us and, and let us know how you'd like to be involved. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Janice, for coming in. I, I really appreciate you telling us about this. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was absolutely wonderful to talk to you and, um, and to be able to tell you a bit about the, um, about the project. Okay, thanks. <laughs>